Welcome to the Pelvic Power Podcast. I'm your host, Penny Peterson. If you live with pelvic pain, you have landed in the exact right space you need to be in. I'm a yoga teacher that helps people get out of their head and into their body through yoga and holistic living so that they can take back their power as well as harness their own inner power to make a change in their life. Here you will learn from myself, other pelvic power experts and advocates on how you can support yourself on your journey and make the journey so much easier. Welcome. Hello, welcome back to the Pelvic Power Podcast. I am so happy that you are here today. I hope that you are having a fantastic day and that you are feeling fantastic. If you are not, know that that's okay. We are all landing in those dumps sometimes. I know that I do. Just know that if you are having a day today, that this day will end and a new one will start tomorrow. Sounds so poetic saying that. Ugh. But <laughs> when I have those days where you're feeling really, really low, it's just one day. It's one day out of all the days. And a new day will come. You've gone through it before. You can get through it again. I believe so. And I hope that you do as well. I am recovering a little bit from a nasty cold slash infection that I had. Still a little bit stuffy. So bear with me. I am sipping on my tea, obviously, because I'm coming out of the coldness and I am, I've just wandered <laughs> into my luteal phase. So I am drinking my Demon Slayer tea. That's just power rolling. That's, that's my tea of choice today. So today I am going to talk about, we've had the lovely Jacqueline from the Lost Labia Chronicles on the podcast for two episodes, so two parts. If you haven't listened to those, go ahead and do so. If you live with lycosclerosis, oh, so much value in those episodes. She has so much knowledge, so go ahead and listen to that. But today I'm going to bring you through what I do for my lycosclerosis. So I have had lycosclerosis for I don't even know how long. I don't know when I got it. I was diagnosed when I was 19. I don't remember ever having my labia minora. I don't remember having my clitoris being that big. So from what I can tell you, I've always had it, but I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so with Jacqueline, we're talking about being in remission and things like that. And I want to come from another point of view of someone that has barely been in any remission. <laughs> so remission might look different from person to person. Remission might be a day, it might be a week, it might be three months, it might be a year, depending on what your what remission is for you. So it might look different from your point of view than mine. However, I would say that I have, not from what I can remember, I haven't always been this aware of my vulvar area, of my LS, but not from what I can remember, I have been in what I would call remission. And I know that I'm not alone. I know that we are going through all this shit. Like, lycosclerosis is a chronic condition and it can be extremely painful. It's extremely difficult to live with. It can be really, really hard. Some days are better than others. However, when you are going through a flare, which can happen quite often, especially if you are one that consider yourself never have been in remission. 
So it can be really, really hard. So today I'm bringing you a list. For some reason, I've started doing lists since I started the podcast. Apparently, that's a thing. And we're going with it. I made a list of things that I do to support myself so I can feel a little bit better on my LS journey. So I can feel in more more in control than what I might feel when I'm in an LS flare. And yes, my LS flare looks like tearing. That's my LS flare. I tear. Yours might be completely different. I also want to say that with this list, even if you don't live with LS, some of these things you might be able to apply into your own wellness routine, into your daily activities, into how you are supporting yourself and your condition or and or conditions. So yeah, we're going to dive into the list. What I do to support my LS when I go through a flare. What I do to feel a little bit better. Yeah, let's hit it. Hit it. So first of all, I just want to mention, I've had I've had surgeries for my LS. I've had four surgeries where they removed so towards the perineum, they removed some of the skin to pull out the vaginal wall to attach it onto the perineum because the vaginal wall is a lot more elastic. So before I had the surgery, I would always tear towards the perineum. However, I did have four surgeries because the first one didn't succeed, the second one didn't succeed, the third one didn't succeed, fourth one didn't succeed, they want to do a fifth one, and I literally ran to Australia. <laughs> for Not for that reason, I wouldn't say, but I was like, no, I'm done, I'm done. And you can just imagine the scar tissue that I have from that, which I've been working on with pelvic physio, which is absolutely fantastic. Shout out to my pelvic physio because she's amazing. And after that, I've also had laser surgery in the same area because they found VIN. So that also brings some scar tissue to the area. And all of this adds into the challenge that I have with my already pre-existing LS because it adds scar tissue around the perineum. And you know how, how it can be very, very... Like, there's a lot of friction going on at the perineum. And this is also a lovely spot in the body. <laughs> but I have a lot of scar tissue there, so this is something that I'm working with as well. I normal, normally now tear towards the clitoris when it comes to my LS, but around the perineum I get a lot of pain as well, especially after having intercourse, for example. So that's uh, that adds a little extra challenge for me. So yeah, some of the stuff that I... I do, I do for my tearing, some of the things that I do, I do for my scar tissue or for the very painful sometimes perineum. So my first thing is, this is going to be an obvious one for all of my LS people, we got the steroid ointment. So me and my steroid, we have a little bit of a love-hate relationship. On that note, I just remember that I need to get a refill on my steroid ointment. So I've been using steroid ointment since I was diagnosed at the age of 19. I don't know, I can't remember the correct schedule, the routine that they gave me when I started using it. Right now, I I put it on about two to three times a week. That's what I do. And sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't. So I use it with other tools as well. So I work on my steroid ointment. Sometimes, you know, when you go to bed, because I always put on my steroid ointment right before I go to bed, because I feel like when I'm resting, 
it's working more properly than when I'm walking around. When I'm walking around with my steroid ointment, it can kind of agitate the area a little bit. And I'm not a big fan. I don't want more pain. I want less pain. So I put it on right before I go to bed. But you know, sometimes when you go to bed, you lie down and like, fuck, I forgot to put it on. Yeah, that happens to me quite often. <laughs> so I am working on this. I have like a, a, a little bit of a routine that I'm working on certain days that I work on to put it on, to actually remember to put it on. So that's just a little thing that you can put in your planner as well. Put on steroid do it now. That could be a thing. My next thing is baths. So I love taking baths, but they can also be quite the work for me. I have a very demanding schedule and sometimes I don't have time to take a bath. For those of you who listened to the episode with Jacqueline, you know that your steroid ointment it's going to penetrate deeper into the skin if you've had a little bath, if you've had a little sits baths, because it kind of opens up the skin, opens up the tissue, and the steroid will penetrate a little bit easier. So I like to make my baths, instead of thinking as, oh, I have to take a bath because I have to put on my steroid that just brings me more stress, to be honest. So instead of thinking of it, thinking of it like that, I like to make it into a ritual. So sometimes when I feel like I'm, I don't have a lot of time, I might have a shower and I'm making it an, I make it an, an intentional shower. So what is the purpose of my shower? I'm clearing anything. Here's the yogi part of me. So I'm clearing any negative energy that I, that aren't serving me anything that isn't serving my healing right now. And then at the end of the shower, I just make a little bath, like a small little bath that just covers my vulva and I just sit in it for like 10, 15 minutes. And maybe I read a little bit at that time because, you know, you could also scroll, but I'm trying to minimize my scrolling. So reading is a thing, or maybe I journal. I have a couple of different journals that I'd like to, you know, work on that I write my, my feelings into. So that's one thing. Or I make it into a ritual where I actually make like a pleasurable bath for myself. So I have like bath tea. I have Epsom salt because I love Epsom salt. And also because I'm a yoga teacher, I'm very active, so my muscles, they get very sore often. And the Epsom salt, that's kind of like a win-win for me, you know? And I like to light some candles. I like to, yeah, take some books with me, read some books. What are you reading right now? I'm reading like three different books at this time because I'm trying to read more. <laughs> that's one of the things that i really, really trying to enjoy in life. So I like to read. I make it into a little ritual. Sitting there reading my candles. You can also bring your computer with you and just watch a TV show if that is more your jam than reading a book. Or take your partner with you. They can sit on the toilet and they can talk to you while you're you're bathing. <laughs> and then the next thing that I do, cold packs. This is actually one of the things that I use with my steroid ointment sometimes. So as I was saying, the bath and the heat from the bath will kind of open up, but I have found open up the skin or open up the tissue so the steroid ointment penetrates. But I have found for me, the cold packs work really well before I put on my steroid ointment. Like, yeah, it works really, really well for some reason. So you put the little cold pack in the freezer. This could also be a heat. If you have like a heat pack, that's kind of like a, I want to say oats or like your rice in it, a rice pack, if you know what I'm saying. You can also put that in the freezer. It's made out of fabric, so it's actually heat pack. 
but you put it in the freezer and then it becomes cold and then you can pop that on your vulva as well. I actually did that the other day when I had, we had uh, intercourse and I was in a lot of pain around the perineum. I put my, my little pack on as well because that really helps me. And cold packs also helps with itching if you have issues with itching when it comes to your LS. And also calms down any inflammation, so that's great. On that side note, I just remembered, if you haven't tried this, this was actually a recommendation from my gynecologist, or more like the nurse. When I had my laser surgery towards the perineum, she told me to boil water, put in tea bags in the water. She said that it could be any sort of tea, but I think it's more green tea, if I'm not mistaken, that has that anti-inflammatory property and then you put the tea bags in a Ziploc bag or I put them in separate Ziploc bags. Don't come at me for <laughs> using too much plastic. This just really helps me. And then, no, what do I do? Now I have to think back. I do not put it in separate bags. No, I do not. I don't put it in separate bags. I put it in the same bag. So I take that back. I take that back, that statement. I retract the statement I just said. One Ziploc bag, put the bags in the freezer. So the tea bags in a Ziploc bag, put it in the freezer. And then when I'm in pain, I take a little bag out. I wrap it in a little piece of paper. So that could be a paper towel. And then I'll slab it on my vulva and have it on there for a little bit. Because the tea will penetrate the paper as well. Instead, because the paper or the tea bag is going to be frozen. And there's water in the tea bag. So you don't want to get any, you know, frost damage on your lovely vulva like that's not a thing that we're going for so you want to protect the vulva when you're using cold things on there we don't want any frost damage at all so yeah that's also on a side note little tea bags if you haven't tried it do so once you've tried it let me know what you think <laughs> my next thing we all know that i'm a big favorite of this one going commando i always always sleep naked Unless, you know, I'm sleeping in a friend's place, perhaps. But then I'm also, I always bring Chris's, uh, my partner's big, big underwear that are just very airy. Other than that, I always sleep naked. I love going to commando when you're wearing like a long summer dress, especially now when it's getting a little bit warmer. Right now it's the first of May. Whoop, whoop. It's getting a little bit warmer. So just going commando as much as possible. Just airing out your lovely vulva. You want to do that a lot. Oh. God, sorry. <laughs> I'm sitting here recording in front of my window. And for those of you who follow me, you know that I have a cat named Frankie and she just popped up outside the window. <laughs> and she scared the living crap out of me. <laughs> so yes, going commando as much as possible. That is a lovely, lovely way of airing out your, your external genitalia. That brings me to my next point. I think we are up to number five. So massage the area, investigate the area while massaging the area. So people always assume, I feel like that touching yourself like that always has to lead to something. It always has to be sexualized. But no, it's not you masturbating. It's more you investigating the area, massaging the area, desensitizing the area. Where are you in pain? What's going on? Where is the pain on your vulva? Because as I was saying, I have a lot of scar tissue and then I just, you know, like to investigate what's going on. Where can I feel the pain? What's happening there? And this is also a great thing to do while you're doing your monthly vulva check, which is super important. We know that by now. We are 
doing monthly Walmart checks. It's a thing. Keep it going. I'm proud of you. Yes. Point number six. I'm going to bring in some yoga here. One pose that I really like to do when I'm using my cereal ointment or I just want to air it out, going to sleep. I like to do the bound angle pose. So it's also known as butterfly pose. You guide the soles of the feet together and open the legs wide. You can place some pillows under your knees, under your thighs for some extra support there and to just make yourself comfortable. And I like to really focus on what's the purpose of this post today. I want to bring some healing, some love, some awareness to my vulva. I want to breathe into it, incorporate some pelvic floor breathing, which is absolutely fantastic. Get some blood flow in there. Just get things moving. So that's a great post to do. Putting on the stirring and lie down. What's your intention with this little practice that you are doing right now, this little ritual that you might be creating? What is the purpose? The next point is coconut oil. So I love coconut oil. I use it as I use it as lube when I'm being intimate with my partner. And I also use it to moisturize. I'm actually on the hunt for a new moisturizer. I need to find something that gives me a little bit more a little bit more. I want to say I don't know. Coconut oil is coconut oil. It's very, it's very fatty. It's very, you know, sliding, gliding, sliding, gliding. I want to have something more that I feel like really gets into the deep of it. I don't even know if that makes sense, but you probably get me if you use moisturizers. You know what I'm talking about. But coconut oil, I love coconut oil, extra virgin coconut oil, using it as lube, using it as moisturizer, using it, you know, investigating the area, massaging the area, what's happening, use a little bit of lubrication there to really support yourself as well. Number eight, I am mindful of what underwear I wear. So I know that this might be hard for some people. This used to be super hard for me. I remember sharing this on my story, and this is why I'm so happy that we have the podcast. I remember sharing this on my story about what I thought of thongs and how how I feel wrong for not wanting to wear them. And I felt so vulnerable talking about that on my story. So thank you again for being here. I'm so happy that we are in this together, you and I, that you are here. But after my laser surgery, like that just brought me my pain to a whole different level. And I just, putting on a thong was not even in the scope. Putting on anything lacy, not the fuck so ever. <laughs> I have too many things going on there right now. So I am very mindful of what underwear I wear. I wear cotton underwear. I wear a size bigger because that brings it gives a little bit more room than it's just being really really tight onto the body. With that in mind, I say that as a yoga teacher and I love to wear leggings, but I I mostly just I love to wear leggings, but I'm very mindful of the leggings that I wear because I want them to be airy and I want them to feel good and I want the the seam not to be so hard. <laughs> I am very 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 picky when it comes to what kind of clothing I put on on my vulva. But yes, I also just got my first pair of jeans in about five years and 
they're a little bit bigger too, so it gives it more room, you know? So I'm very mindful of what I wear in general. Number seven. Num no, we are number nine. <laughs> Looking for more help. And with that, when I put that down on my list, I think I was thinking about more help in the sense that I have a gynecologist right now, but they're also an oncologist. And their main focus is to make sure that my LS or my HPV doesn't turn into abnormal cells, something that isn't good for me, something that we don't want to happen. So I go there for them to do their colposcopy and just look at the area, treat it with anything that I might need to treat. So right now I'm going there because I have something in my vulva that they are treating because if they don't, it might turn into abnormal cells. So that is their main focus. And it was actually another gynecologist online that said this to me because I commented on someone's post saying that I quality of life, like my doctor doesn't look at the quality of life. And it's probably because of that reason, because their main focus is to make sure that something that I have doesn't turn into cancer. That's their main focus. Their quality of life or my quality of life, that's not their priority, sadly, which it should be. So I am looking for another gynecologist that can help me in my quality of life, help me to find the treatment that works for me and things like that. So looking for more help that might be also getting a physio or going to see a therapist, just finding other people that you can have on your team, your support team that really feel that feels like they align with where you want to go. So finding help from other people more people. Yes, we're not greedy when it comes to the help that we want. We take it all. We want it all. We're inviting it in. Yes. Bringing me on to the next point, pelvic physio. If you haven't gone see a pelvic physio, what the heck are you doing with your life? <laughs> I know that they can seem a little bit scary. I remember the first time I was going to go to pelvic physio was in Australia. I've never heard of it before. And I was like, what the fuck? What, what, what does this person do? I'm so confused. And the first time I did an internal exam, by the way, also a side note here, they did not, like, it wasn't even an option for me to not have an internal exam. It was kind of like we went straight to that. But the thing is with pelvic physio, you do not, you, I repeat that, you do not have to have an internal exam. If that does not align with you, what you want, they do external exams as well. So... That's not even something to be worried about. And if your pelvic physio is saying that they can only help you internally, like that's how they work, then go see another. Find another pelvic physio. It wasn't until I found my current pelvic physio, she was the one that really helped me with my scar tissue on the outside. Because that wasn't even mentioned before. She just looked at me. She's like, you have really bad scar tissue. And I'm like, I know, I know. And she's helping me with that. So go find another pelvic physio that works better for you and with what you want. But pelvic physio, mm, they're the jam, they're the jam, they will help you. They will help you so much, so, so much, yes. And then my last little point here. So, as I was saying, I tear a lot. I haven't, I don't consider myself having to be in remission, but one thing that I know makes my thing, my thing, my pain worse is stress. So this is something that is in my control and this takes work 
man. It takes fucking work, especially in the society that we live in. There's a lot of stress around us. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But we can do something to support ourselves. So stress management is a huge thing for me. And I pay so much attention to what causes me stress. How can I remove the stress? How can I decrease the stress? I was teaching a public health yoga class today. And some of us were talking about stress. And then I said that people can always message me, DM me when they have questions and things like that. But today I have an offline day. So my vibe, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, the vibes that you're going for of the month, it's the first of May. My vibe for May, one of them is to spend less time online. So I usually do one day offline per week, but for May I'm going to do two days per week. Because I feel like social media sometimes can be a big trigger for me, a big stressor of things that a big stressor for me in the sense that there's just too many things happening on the app. There's too many, it's too many things coming at you. And I feel like it's just too much. So two days off a week, I'm going for it in May, see how I feel. Because my stress levels, I want to decrease them. I want to feel good. That's why we're here. We want to feel good. Yes, we do. With that in mind, my other vibe for May is to spend more time in silence, sitting in silence. So I have meditated on and off for years now. It must have been, what year is it now? Yeah, I, I think I started 10 years ago. 10 years? Has it been that long? Yeah, <laughs> so on and off for 10 years. And I really love breath work. That's one sort of meditation for me because I really stay with myself in my body. But one thing that I have noticed recently, especially when I got sick, I, there's too much going on in my mind. There's too much going on in my mind. I just want to, I just want silence. I just want silence. So this does not have to be for, oh, I have to sit in silence for 10 minutes. No, do one minute. Do one minute. Can you sit in silence? And the thing is that we always have thoughts that come and go. This is a natural process of meditation. But what can be your anchor? What can you come back to to create that silence within yourself? So one thing that I like to do, either focus on my breath, I like to focus on my heart rate, or I like to bring my attention to my third eye. This was something that I learned years ago. So when my eyes are closed, I kind of guide my eyes towards my third eye with my eyes closed. And I don't know, it makes me feel, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel really, really good. So right now, the vibe for May, two minutes of silence every day. There's a really great timer. It's called, or it's a meditation app. They have a timer. I really like this one because I like to, you know, track my process, my progress too. It's called Insight Timer. Yeah, it is called Insight Timer. <laughs> and they have a timer on there and they ask you, how are you feeling today? Before you put a little timer on and then they ask you how you're feeling afterwards. And you can do set a timer for two minutes or you can do a continuing a figure eight. There's one in the little corner there that you just sit for how long you feel like. So how long can you sit in silence for and how does that make you feel? And then you can answer the questions at the end. And I really like that. So stress management is a huge part of mine. Also one of the reasons why I got into yoga, why I started teaching yoga, because stress affects my pain tremendously. And yoga really helps me set myself, really bring myself into my body more, 
find my center a little bit more and just reconnect with the breath. The breath is amazing to support your pelvis. So yeah, stress management, also a really great thing and a fantastic thing to do to support myself as well. That was my little list for today. Thank you so much for being here. I'm sure I'm finding, I'm sounding a little bit nasally today. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in. But before you go, I want to know, what are you working on right now? What are you working on this week? What are you working on? I got to say, mine is actually the silence, just sitting in stillness and silence. That's one thing that I'm working on right now. It's been my work for the past two weeks. What are you working on right now? And I hope that you got some value out of this episode. If you have any questions, anything that you want to share, any takeaways, feel free to DM me over on Instagram. You know my platform, I hang out over at wellbeing.by.penny. That's where you can find me. And I would love to hear from you. Take care of your beautiful body. Remember to support your pelvis and your pelvis will support you right 